gents, welcome back. As everybody knows, we love a bit of clickbait, don't we? We do. We do. It's one of our favourite things across the table. We even love a quick clickbait headline ourselves. So Sky News have published an article, I think researched by the University of Essex and Adelaide as well, saying if you rent a property, biologically you will age faster than a heavy smoker. Than an ex-smoker. An ex-smoker. Thanks for that. Or a Fares former is, smoker. There's our guest Correct. has, has got, the, got the article open to fact check me. As soon as I said clickbait, he started fact checking me. <laughs> Thanks uh, for coming on, Bez, and being <laughs> our Thanks uh, for joining us. Thanks our, for the lovely quote expert. Yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of obviously the article, it, it, it is an interesting one because if you look at the kind of social media entrepreneurial world at the moment, if you're listening to podcasts and looking at these kind of, you know, people in rented Lamborghinis in Dubai with, with fake tans, <laughs> they're all saying the way to make money is not to buy Don't a property. own anything. Yeah. 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 Ownership is dead. Mm. They normally last about nine months on social media and then they just disappear. But that's the kind of trend that kids of this generation um, have to almost look up to, I guess, a little bit. This is an interesting article because it takes a totally different kind of spin on it. And what's interesting about this article is effectively saying if you if you've been renting your whole life, you will be put under more stress and therefore you biologically will age faster mm. as a tenant in comparison to a homeowner, which kind of makes sense to me, Andy. What mm. do you think? Yeah, I think there's certain elements that can bring stress to renting. I, you know, you might be there for a limited period of time. You know, decisions can be made that could end your tenancy at that place that you've made home for the past couple of years and you've got to move on to move on to somewhere else but you know from my point of view you know what the article was saying that the stress can be brought on by rental arrears um having to move to different homes and various other things as as well but to me that's just like home ownership isn't it you know you're not going to stay in the same home forever you're, you're going to move and with buying a new home brings stress because you're dealing with solicitors and the whole process. Mortgage payments, same sort of thing as rental, rental is, you still got to make those payments. So if interest rates increase, which is what we're seeing now, um, and payments going up, then that's sort of the same, the same element, really. Um, so yeah, although it does bring stress, it's, you know, home ownership brings stresses stress as well i guess you could say as a tenant you know where you stand a little bit more on the finances because mm. you've got a fixed term agreement i know you have as well with a mortgage scenario but in a mortgage world if your boiler packs up if your bath breaks and you've got no hot water or your roof caves in you are responsible whereas if that happens and you are a tenant Obviously, yeah. most of the responsibility is shifted onto the landlord to fix it. So financially, you're not actually out of pocket. Yeah, and you're not making that big investment. You know, buying a property is probably one of the biggest investments that you're going to make in your in your life, right? Renting, you've got that sort of flexibility there to not have that massive, massive investment. What do you reckon, Mes? The, the, the general consensus, like, immediately is that actually it's, it shouldn't have that much of an impact. But clearly, obviously, the, the, the results that have come out have said otherwise. So it would be interesting to try and unpack what, what is causing that stress. Is it the fact that in a property transaction, 
it's a very short, stressful period of time, followed by actually the property ownership, which, yes, everything does fall on you. But, you know, if you've got yourself some savings, you can deal with it straight away, as opposed to when something goes wrong in a rental property, you have to rely on uh, the estate agent or the lettings agent. You have to rely on the landlord or you have to rely on the housing association, whoever it is. And sometimes that means that it's not fixed and it, it goes on for a longer period of time than it would if, if you're the owner. Um, I just wonder if that's that prolonged period of stress that you wouldn't necessarily see in a, in a purchase. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree I with that. So. I think there's, there's, there's two sides of it. There's, there's the irrational side that people show when they move house. I've just moved house. Hmm. Um, I don't really get stressed. I don't really allow stress to take over me, but my wife, <laughs> I, I, she listens to this and she'll know she won't kill me for saying it. Um, absolutely losing it towards the end with the other people with the solicitors with yeah. the moving process and, and the only people that actually sort of looked after her were, were the movers who did a great job mm. on on the day um but since we moved everything in the house is packed up um we've had to pay for everything to be replaced we're still finding problems the, the the renter side of things i think it's 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 the lack of control isn't it mm. you you don't know when something's going to happen if something breaks in my house one of the showers is broken one of the many mm. things that's broken at the moment in my new house <laughs> um i'm not bothering to fix it because we'll just replace the bathroom next year i'm just we're lucky enough we've got a you know two bathrooms we'll use the other one until we replace the bathroom whereas in a, in a rental you report it and then you kind of it's kind of unless someone is doing a really really good job of setting time scales and expectations you're then left chasing left in a bit of limbo which yeah, I, I think, think is what people don't enjoy i think it's a worry element for a tenant isn't it yeah. so you're worrying about mm. reporting things and that having a negative impact between the relationship between you as a tenant the agent mm. or the landlord, if the landlord manages it di directly. Um, and yeah, the worry element of when something can be done, you know, if something needs to be done in a property, landlord could always turn around and says, they're not doing it. And then you're worrying about that it's never going to be sorted. It's never going to be resolved. Um, and yeah, you're just in limbo, like you said, on yeah. getting things done. Yeah, I've had my period of stress, but I know now I've got no plans to change that for mm. 20 years. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Is I've, this... I've moved into the family house now. So unless something externally comes in and knocks it, mm. I'm, I'm there. I'm mm. settled until I retire in that yeah. house. I'm a control freak. Are you? Yes. <laughs> we didn't know. <laughs> and as a result, <laughs> I can relate to this article because I totally get it. For me, the fear factor and the anxiety that I would have from, from being a tenant, a lifetime tenant, not necessarily a tenant mm. for a year or two mm. years, but being a lifetime tenant, someone that's planning to never buy and just, just rent throughout their life. That would just leave me with an, a, a huge amount of anxiety knowing they could sell the property. Uh, they could serve notice. They could put the rent up, you know, just all of those things, mm. especially, I think it's different if I was on my own, you know, if I was just, yeah, it's totally different. It's living a the totally dream. different. Um, yeah. but, you know, with kids and a wife and a family to look after, I would just have constant level of anxiety every yeah. time the landlord or the estate agent messaged me mm. because I don't want to be the same as you. I've got the family home. You know, the plan is we don't need to move out of that home unless 
you know, lifetime goal ambition on the dream board one comes up, it will, will be there. And as a result, that means I feel very relaxed, you know, very comfortable, very mm. in control. So I think that maybe is what they're yeah, seeing. Yeah. yeah. I think you, you moved into your house, I think when your daughter was what? four ish three yeah with yeah. A, with an eye with a with a with a view on secondary schools yeah yeah primary and, and secondary yeah and, yeah. and, yeah. and i've kind yeah. of matched that um that kind of time scale and and even type of property to be completely honest you could you could put them next to each other yeah. um because of because it just means that i can go right okay well next six years planned out and then six years after that is is planned out and then, and then there's some freedom to where we want to live. But until then, I don't even have to think about that. It's locked away. I'm in control of my destiny, yeah, which you you're can't... not. If if you rent and you're thinking, yeah. I want to live here because of this school catchment area, and then your landlord drops a bomb on you. You just can't plan that far ahead, can yeah. you? I speak to the school mums and dads. That sounds weird. Um, I speak to the school mums and dads, and one of them uh, has recently gone from renting to renting and it was about six months ago and i was talking to her she's got two young kids uh she walks to school to the school that she's got her kids into one of them's there one of them's at nursery and i think her little one's in year two so as a result they just couldn't the, the landlord decided they're going to sell their property i think they're paying about i don't know they were paying about 1200 quid budget was 1300 quid they could not find a house for their family of four for love nor money in yeah. this area, in this small area, nowhere near being walking distance to the school, let alone in the village itself. So as a result, they've gone from a two bed house walking distance to the school in a lovely village to the neighboring town in a two bedroom flat with two kids. They're paying 250 pound a month more and they now have to drive back to the school mm. and they're in a it's still in a nice area, but not as nice an area, not, not as nice as the village is. And for them, watching the stress levels for her and for him, that was that was like three months of torture for them. It was mm. really hard. I bet it was, yeah. And it would still be a bit ongoing now. Well, they don't have a garden for the kids anymore. Yeah. So, of course, they're more stressed. Mm. There's more anxiety. you got to get the Biologically, kids. they're yeah. aging more as a result. I, yeah. would, I would think that is Well, the yeah, case. I mean, I did the... the... I didn't do it. I did it a few times, but the thick end of three or four weeks of driving across before we got a new school place, mm -hmm. it wears thin. I'll tell you, doing oh, half an yeah. hour through rush hour and then and then again at three o'clock is dull. Mm. And I think I think that that kind of links to the you've got two options of obviously you have to pay your rent and you have to pay your mortgage. Um, but w with a mortgage, it's it's slightly different, isn't it? Because you're not going to ever be forced out of that property. Uh, unless of of course you can't keep up the, the repayments for a particular even then it takes a long period doesn't it because no no bank wants to become a landlord no, that's the thing is that from from the lender's perspective as long as you're keeping up with your payments and and following their particular policy they want to keep you there they want you to pay for it uh, they want you to get to the end of that contract and i'm not saying that the landlord wouldn't but it's 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 very difficult to if you're renting you get to the stage where you're going to go and need to find yourself a new property. You're going to go and effectively have to pay more for less. Mm -hmm. uh, and it could be argued with, with a, a mortgage, it, it's the same thing. But there are levers that you can you can adjust to try and make that financing fit. And it, we had a brief conversation on LinkedIn 
via the comments on this yesterday. And one of the tools that's being used by people at the moment is increasing that term to, to deal with the temporary um, increase in rates. So th there are some levers available there that perhaps lenders can have a little bit more tolerance than some landlords, but ultimately it does fall down to, you have to keep up with repayments on both. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the counter argument to that is with a mortgage, it's a lot of money and you owe it. Um, yeah. yeah. Whereas with renting is you owe 1300 quid this month and that's it. Like, yeah. um, you won't, you won't owe anything again until next month. Yeah. Um, I think so lenders, lenders would work with you more than yeah, so, so a landlord so, because yeah. the landlord's yeah. relying on that income to potentially pay their mortgage on yeah. the other property that they yeah. that they currently own. So they're going to want action sooner rather than it's, rather it's than later. It's the first disclaimer in from a mortgage perspective. It's the first disclaimer that you'll see is if you do not keep up with repayments, your home may be repossessed. Yeah, um, and that's true. Of course, it's just not. It's the last resort. They, they they will help people and and this is why you're hearing all these adverts at the moment that are saying if you're struggling or if you think you're going to struggle in the near future go speak to your lender now and, mm -hmm. and warn them and they're going to work with you to to make sure that you don't get there obviously it's impossible to guarantee that people lose their jobs and and so on um but they're there but they're much more likely to put you onto interest only and bring that payment yeah. down and like you say pull levers to yeah it, it's supposed to be a, a repossessing or possessing a property is supposed to be the, the last resort it's actually quite interesting i'd like to know if they run that research for landlords whether or not it would also increase biological aging because at, at the end of the mm -hmm. day you're yeah. at that point you're responsible for paying the mortgage mm -hmm. but you also have the uncertainty of whether or not the tenant will pay for their rent and obviously bridge that gap so i think previously that might have been the case but i think now it's so bloody easy to find a tenant Yes, like yeah. finding filling a tent filling your property is not the problem is it finding the right tenant yes having it managed correctly yes is where the yeah the levers mm. come in you're going to yeah. get the best possible price right now yeah. for the property and it's <laughs> not some. if it's sat there empty there's a serious problem yeah. somewhere mm. but landlords out there are you prematurely aging pop it down I'd in like the comments what? I think <laughs> yeah you all I can see why. I mean, I, I, I'd <laughs> like to know so we'll use this as an example I I, I was a homeowner for about eight and a half years, and then I rented the property out for one year before I sold it. That one year was more stressful than the eight and a half prior to that. So did I age more? Probably not. Was it more stressful? Yes, I would say marginally. But I think it should yeah. be, though, when you make that decision to turn your property from a residential into an investment or when you buy an investment and you you've committed that amount of money there you're doing it with risk so there mm -hmm. the natural thing is there will be stress levels increased hopefully with a positive reward at the end mm -hmm. if it was if it was non-stressful and just risk-free then more people would do it wouldn't they so i think yeah. it is meant to it's, it's a bit like parting with 30 grand or 20 grand a year into an ISA it's still you'd say okay well it's just going straight into an ISA and the interest is going to be tax-free and that's my allowance but it's still you're still transferring 20 grand out of your account it still feels pretty stressful when you press still, proceed you, yeah you're still, <laughs> still wondering if it's going to make it and yeah. there's there's, yeah. there's there's any kind of comparison isn't there if I had a 1200 quid Vauxhall Corsa out the front of our office I wouldn't really care if someone mm. was going to drive into it but if I 
park a brand new Ferrari out the front, I'll probably be popping out outside every half an hour. You've had some experience with that as well, haven't you, Mike? Neither, <laughs> thankfully. Well, <laughs> somewhere in the middle. I feel like you're hiding something. Right? I've had some experience of being of being crashed into <laughs> yes, in the in the car park out the front, which which was that prematurely aged me. I, yeah. I think yeah. ultimately, it, actually, if you look at it from we're, we're all property professionals of one type or another. Um, but I think if you're looking at it from the lens of somebody who has not owned or rented a property yet, as you mentioned social media earlier, mm. people looking up to these influencers that are saying, do this, don't do that, often with no disclaimers or anything God, to I really back thought up you were going to insert an adjective when you just uh, paused before you said influencer. <laughs> and um, I just think that neither of these options sound particularly pleasant to go and do, because we've listed a lot of things that are, that are difficult in terms of renting. And we've listed a lot of things that are, you know, difficult and important in terms of owning a property. One, you're borrowing the largest amount of money you're likely to ever borrow in your life. And the other one, you are responsible for, you know, keeping a roof over your head that sometimes that rug could be pulled at very short notice at somebody else's wish. So neither sound um, particularly exciting to be honest. <laughs> no. to somebody, to like a young person. But you have to, you to have to do one or the other, realistically. Yeah. And it depends, I guess how liquid you want your life to be if if you are in a place where the perfect job might come up but that job might be in madrid well you need to be renting Mm. if you're in a place where you've got two kids and you want them to go to a specific school in four years time Mm. you really you need to be owning a property for it to suit your lifestyle so i think renting versus buying you know should you rent should you buy let's break it down into the generations a little bit because that's effectively the topic of this is the clickbait as we mentioned at the beginning is basically saying you will age faster as a tenant (laughs) than a buyer but if we think of it obviously with kids you know i look at it back with my kids and i think in 10 15 years in in 15 years my kids are going to be potentially looking at moving out of home and the question is for me as someone that knows more than they know definitely now and 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 at that point as well especially the profession that I've gone through do I want them to rent do I want them to buy and from a career point of view I think that has a bit of an impact as well because if one of my kids decide they're going to be a surgeon then they're going to probably spend most of their life employed with a fairly level increasing salary in quite a risk-free scenario if they're going to be a really good surgeon that's pretty much the trajectory they're going to be on if one of them decides they're going to be a graphic designer or a videographer or something that's a bit more freelance where they're inevitably going to own their own company of some sort well then if that was the case i would be more inclined to say the one that's going down the career route should probably look to get on the ladder quite quickly and, you know, save some money, invest it, get into the property world as a resident, you know, residentially and be in that kind of journey on that ladder. Whereas if the other one's going to be a bit more entrepreneurial, I can see why I would think, right, you've been freelancing for a period of time. You built up a little stockpile here. Probably the last thing that you want to do right now with your business to elevate it and scale it is to put 50 grand into buying a property keep that in your company, stay relatively free for the next kind of two to three years renting or staying at home or whatever it may be, and try and scale that as your asset. So I think that has probably a bit of a spin on this in this modern era that we think about is when you do see the 
the Dubai TikTokers saying one thing and then you see the school teacher saying the next thing or the parents saying the next thing, I think you've also got to have a little bit of an understanding which path someone's going to go on because when to do things on different sort of life journeys will probably have a bit of an impact as well. I think mm. the tricky thing with that is um, you, you could be in those industries and you could be in that career progression and you think actually I'd quite like to own my house um, as opposed to rent. And I think it comes down to what the individual wants and sees their life as. And, you know, quite thankfully there are mortgage products designed for those kinds of professions where there is a bit more flexibility and they're actually designed with, with that in mind. I think but, always um, buy, but I think always at some point buy, it's just whether you, whether you buy first or whether you wait, mm. but I think always, you know, if you are 40 years old and mm. you're not a homeowner, I mm. think that's wrong. I think you should be at that point in your life where you should be able to buy a property. But I think when you're in your thirties or when you're in your late twenties, depending on what path you're going on, should be a decision to make whether you're a homeowner in your early thirties, late twenties, or whether you're still building your business out to the point where mm. you want to keep your cash reserves free mm. to focus on that rather than putting yeah. them all into a pro that's just the way I see which way round you do it. But by by 40, you should you should be in yeah, that every, position. Everyone's ultimate goal should be to own their own property yeah. at some point. Yeah. Because as you get older, you know, that's that's sort of your investment to probably leave your kids when you're when you're no longer no longer here so that should be everyone's goal like you said it just depends on your goal your journey where you're at in your in your current life um, and whether it's the right time to to do it now whether you can do it now because it is costly costly to buy a property um but yeah everyone's goal should be to to buy these stories that you hear never buy not for me not in the uk, not in the UK. I, I get it in different countries where it's become something of the norm but i think in the uk it's a safe place to, to go absolutely talking of safe should we have a quick 90 second wrap up on the mortgage world as we we're sat here with a with a mortgage advisor be rude not to ask the question it's something that people I, are always interested in let's end on a high note and and mention that the article also says that biological aging is reversible <laughs> which is also but the annoying this thing. is on true that, on that article sleep more drink water at the end it says that that it's reversible if changes came into effect for housing i.e limiting rent increases it does so suggest some trying to yes some trying to make changes. that the cause and uh yeah we'll see what happens clicky bait in there Shock so, right. I, I was, I, was uh, I think maybe we can do a two-part finale uh i can give you a brief overview of what's going on in mortgages and, and maybe you can share with renters how to make the experience slightly more stress-free well that would be very good guys this this you're very much your house in terms of I think it would be topic. good to do a podcast for tenants that would like to become homeowners. And I think that would be a great episode to mm. uh, to get booked in. So coming soon, you heard it here first exclusively. Vez is committed to that, so we will get him in. <laughs> but but how is the mortgage world at the moment? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's it's random, I would say, is what I'm seeing out it's, there. It's difficult to predict, and, and we're not really in the business of trying to predict too much. We work with what's there in front of us. Um, there has been a bit of stabilization of, of rates, uh, especially for uh, people with slightly larger deposits. I had a, had a text message from a, a client of mine yesterday asking what rates have done since we did his mortgage application. And, um, you know, I'll give you a similar answer. There's actually, there's, there's been some improvements, minor improvements in certain uh, products, 
but for his specific one there had been no improvement so it's it's not an across the board improvement it's not an across the board reduction in rates there are very much some products that are staying where they are um and i think that will probably remain the case for a little while it's just it's very difficult to predict what bank of england will do next in terms of the base rate and, mm. and what's going to happen in terms of um inflation you know we get some good news saying that you know um, food inflation is going down but then fuel inflation is mm -hmm. going up so it's very difficult i noticed that to... the other day actually fuel prices going up i noticed that for a while yes it was, it was an unpleasant uh thing to see at the at the um petrol station to be honest <laughs> unless you've got an electric <laughs> yeah. car like in a smart place for some but um but yeah so, the, so there are some changes and i think that and i mentioned this i always mention this it's just important to seek advice because it's very different the people's situations are very very different and they're very unique and there are there are some better options for people for some people than there were two months ago than a month ago and there are some options that you know probably haven't improved and won't improve for a little while um obviously a big big part of that comes with you know how much money are you borrowing and how big is your deposit um so it, it's important to look at the situation from a holistic point of view and and understand somebody's full finances but it's it's very unpredictable at the moment as you say yeah um, this random i think lenders are testing you know you you probably can't talk rates and things like that but i can um so that lenders seem to be testing the water with all sorts of different hook rates with high penalty fees and there's different like clauses for different things i think from the from a home buying point of view you know as us as estate agents we're definitely seeing more than ever approved in principle mortgages being declined to offer and that wasn't really a thing for the last couple of decades that very rare would something get approved in principle and then declined somewhere in the in the middle section of the transaction normally after the application's been submitted you'd like to think that most of those will get to offer point of view unless someone's lied on the application whereas at the moment it does feel like there is more than i've experienced in 20 years of people getting approved in principle, doing their application, and then the underwriting gets a bit more technical than it normally has done, and the offer doesn't yeah. get made. And that seems to be where people are saying at the moment it's harder to get a mortgage because of that. So on that, I think what really comes in from the advisor's perspective is doing the research on, on the lender's policy. And often that will include picking up the phone and just speaking to them at length mm. about particular cases before submitting the offer. Um, you don't want to be in a situation where you put the application through and it's it's declined it's a really unpleasant place to be for from a buyer's perspective um so i think yeah more so than ever it's just it's so key to just pick up the phone as an advisor and speak to the speak to the lender and really just get a good understanding of what's to come what else they're going to need in terms of supporting documentation and being ready to produce that when they when they come asking for it um, and, and often they will ask for things that may seem unreasonable to the client that you almost need to prepare the client for. This is yeah. going to come. It's going to seem unreasonable mm. that they want to, you know, credit check somebody who's not related to the application, who's not on the application. Um, you just need to see these things in advance and try and minimize the, the errors that could happen in terms of that application. Um, but it's, it's difficult for sure. And, and I wouldn't want to be putting in an application myself if i wasn't a mortgage professional and, and, and even then you know we're, we're porting 
my partner's mortgage and and they they would very much like a different advisor to do that they're not happy with me doing it myself something about a conflict of interest um so yeah i think it's it's more important than ever to just seek advice speak to people that that have contact within the lender that can just pick up the phone without having to be on hold for 20 minutes and just ask some very frank questions about your specific application and what the likelihood of that application is going to be like if we did put it through yeah good advice and i look forward to part two where we try and help some tenants become homeowners you know that sounds exciting let's get that locked in and thank you to everyone that's uh, watched listening if you've got comments on this or thoughts on it or you want some advice from a mortgage point of view or from a rental point of view from an aging point of view, there's a there's <laughs> Ian a, knows a lot about reversing <laughs> aging and, and biometrics and gut health. If you, you know, search if you back, I don't know, 20 episodes, there's one that I did with Dimitri and we talk a lot about that side of things. So if you do want to go straight from this podcast into another one, go and find that and that will talk you through um, about reducing aging, the aging process and being healthier and fit and, and mentally clear. So that will help you. You can stay on the channel for that. There's a plug I wasn't expecting to do at the end of this. So thank you for everyone that's uh, listened and watched and we'll see you next week.